nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening and welcome. It's Sunday at 16th of April at 8pm. You're joining me, Wendy Frost, with The Late Show. We're going to talk about why do we need drama in schools and the place of drama in schools. And we're going to be inviting Sarah Ellis this evening, who's also going to talk to us about her experiences in schools. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome. It's Sunday evening. I know for lots of teachers, Sunday evening is a strange one. So I'm here to talk to you and to keep you entertained, I hope, with Sarah this afternoon, this evening, who's going to talk to us about drama in schools. Um, just a little bit before we start. So who am I? Um, my name's Wendy Frost, and I have been teaching drama in and out of schools, actually, for... Ooh, about 18 years um, and then left that to train teachers at university in ITE. So I'm still in and out of schools a lot. I still work a lot with drama teachers and actually I've got a really good overall view of what's going on on a, a wide range of schools across many subjects as well as um, my main subject, which is drama and performing arts. Um, before we jump into our discussion this evening with Sarah, um, what I want to do a tiny bit really is talk to you about the background to drama in schools. Give you a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of what that what that's like, what that's been like, what that is now. Um, and I'm going to start by going back a little bit with the Education Reform Act, which happened in 1988. So lots of teachers out there will know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to be a little bit more specific about drama within that. Um, and the Reform Act in, Act in 1988 meant that there were massive and significant changes for the organisation of education overall in the curriculum. Um, until this point, up to 1988, what was taught in schools was actually decided by the schools themselves. The local education authorities, various secondary schools would make their decisions based on external examination requirements. Um, so it was quite autonomous, kind of, I suppose. And then we had the abolition of the Inner London Education Authority, which happened in April 1990. And the ILEA had actually had one of the biggest and most comprehensive arts education programs in the country. And this, so this was closed down in April 1990. And then we had the first national curriculum introduced as part of the Education Reform Act by Kenneth Baker, 
Programs of study were drafted and published in 88 and 89. And the first teaching of some of these elements happened from September 1989. Um, drama then didn't feature. So um, here's the beginning. I'm going to take us forward a bit more. And the national curriculum is a range of subjects which children learn. And they're supposed to learn the same things, and it covers what subjects are taught and the standards children should reach in each of those subjects. And then in 1992, Ofsted was established. So actually, we have a lot of changes happening in the late 80s and the early 90s, kind of massive changes to education. And us teachers and educators are actually quite used to those. Lots of changes in education, I think. Um, and so then when we're looking at the national curriculum, the DfE document, which is on the website, you can all have a look at it if you're not aware of it. This is more about non-teachers, I imagine. Um, and there were core subjects, which were English, maths and science. And then we have our foundation subjects. And this is across all four key stages, so primary through to GCSE ranges. And the foundation subjects are art and design, citizenship, computing, design and technology, languages, geography, history, music, and PE, physical education. So again, no drama mentioned here at all, but drama isn't the only subject that isn't mentioned. Um, you know, dance is often up there with drama, but that may be a different discussion for another time. Um, and then the EBAC was introduced in 2010, which again was a massive shakeup for all of us, um, which set a comprehensive list of subjects that, that counted as part of performance measures. Um, and this included English language and literature, maths, sciences, geography, or history, and a language. So mostly those subjects were prioritized and then Sometimes schools would allow other subjects to fill up the pot on top of that. Um, interestingly enough, the government's ambition is to see 75% of pupils studying the EBAC subject combination at GCSE by 2022, so last year. Would be interesting to know where we are with that. And 90% by 2025. So that's almost all schools, I suppose, if you're thinking about that. Um, and then we had um, some issues with the EBAC affecting the art subjects. And if we look at the Cultural Learning Alliance and a lot of the research that they do around arts and arts in schools, um, they recognised that there was an immediate impact on what children studied in secondary schools. And early polls showed that 27% of schools cut courses as a direct result of its implementation. And many of those subjects were art subjects. Um, and then again, moving on, 2016, we had massive qualification reforms um, and huge changes across every single subject. This wasn't just about the arts now. The emphasis became more on the academic, the traditional exams, and this was introduced for parity and, and spearheaded initially by Michael Gove, who also introduced academization in 2010. So this was carried forwards um, into 2016 and um, the reformed subjects came in for schools and colleges. At that point, I remember I was working at um, 
a sixth form college and it hit us there too. So huge, huge changes. Um, interestingly enough, as part of all of this um, and the arts being cut, Shakespeare was suggested as an alternative to lots of the arts. And, and certainly Michael Gove suggested that we should have an annual Shakespeare week. And that would kind of help in terms of the difficulties that the arts were having in school. Um, and there was a really interesting piece written by um, Patrice Baldwin in The Guardian in 2015. And she said, um, Mr. Gove gave his support for an annual Shakespeare week distracting the public from the immense cuts happening to regular drama teaching in schools. Now Education Minister Nick Gibbs spouts the merits of national textbooks, which is copied from Singapore. Maybe Mr Gibb would like to know that Singapore has a curriculum officer for drama and a major international research conference on drama and education is happening in three months. Why can't England copy this instead? Patrice Baldwin asked. Thanks to this government, England is no longer seen as leading the world with its drama in schools. Shakespeare Week and the RSC Drama Toolkit are no substitute for specialist drama teachers and a balanced drama curriculum available to all pupils. There was a massive backlash um, around the EBAC and then carrying on into the reforms. And then drama teachers were writing into newspapers and then the Times in 2014 had a drama teacher write in and say, over the past 60 years, England has built a preeminent international reputation for its drama teaching in schools. In less than one term of office, Michael Gove has destroyed it. Not one question was asked about drama in the National Curriculum Review. So there were some um, unhappy feelings, to say the least, from drama teachers from arts teachers about the many, many changes that were happening in education. Um, and, and how that's taken forward is something that we're gonna talk about a little bit this evening. What, is, what does that mean? What has it meant for drama in schools? What has it meant for arts teachers in schools and for the young people that are affected by those cuts? Um, so now I'm gonna move on and I'm gonna, Welcome, Sarah, into our space. And just as I do that, I'm going to... Hello, Sarah. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, we can hear you. Let oh me just goodness. introduce you properly. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Rather than just pulling you into the room. Oh. So um, I'm going to introduce to you all Sarah Ellis, who um, has been a drama teacher herself for many years, um, also runs her own theatre company, Hyperfusion, and I, I quite like this one, Sarah, I'm going to have to say this, you were communion, Community Champion Award winner for Best Businesswoman at the Business Awards in 2019, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, I got that yeah, right. That's yeah. right, yeah, and that's interesting because it was the Best <laughs> Businesswoman, and I think sometimes in this country, you know, um, being seen as a business when you're in the theatre can be a little bit challenging. Yeah, if I, absolutely. I feel like if I went on Dragon's Den, they'd all go, oh, you're amazing, but we're not going to invest in you because you don't make any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think um, that was something that was really important to 
kind of mention about you and certainly with the work that you do in terms of inclusion and diversity and um, the kind of projects that you do in school with young people and I'm sure that mm. extends to I'm sure that extends to your classroom as well when you're in the classroom and talking to young people and sharing work with them because oh, 100%, yeah, when absolutely. that's something that you see as crucially important to young people's education I can only imagine that kind of kind of filters into everything that you do when you're working with young people. Yeah, it has to really, doesn't it? Because I think there's so many challenges out there. So to be able to bring that side into everything that we do is, yeah, it's vital, absolutely vital to give these young people a chance, I think, in an ever-changing world, you know? Absolutely. And I think in terms of, you know, drama in schools and the landscape and the changes similarly to me I imagine you will have seen a mass of changes over the curriculum over yeah. number take up um, over choices of text and and what that means for the young people in the room as well yeah I think I think the biggest challenge for me is the kind of um, I don't really know how to say it but it's like the dumbing down of the subject when it comes to choices for GCSE or choices for A-level. So although, you know, I can see and speak to parents and carers, you know, I can see them going, oh yeah, they love drama and it's the best thing and they've got so much confidence now and I can't thank you enough. And yet, you know, the young people want to take drama GCSE, really take it seriously. And yet there's this disconnect between whether they're able to or the, you know, it's this this idea that, oh, well, yeah, it's all very good, but, you know, it's not going to get you a job, is it? And, you know, I have to say, and I do say this, um, and I feel very strongly about it, I'm going to put myself out there, (laughs) drama is the only subject that will help you with whatever job you're going to do, literally any job. Now, I... I appreciate that other subjects are really important, super important, absolutely. However, you can't say that about all of them, you know, so we definitely win on that one. And yeah, guess, that's a really interesting point, I think. You know, it's it's all of the skills that you get in drama, you know, the, the, the listening skills, the talking, the communication, the negotiation, the team working, the, you know, how to, how to think outside the box, how to build something, you know, how to put something together when you've got nothing, you know, something from nothing, I just, I, all of that stuff. And I think the other thing is about thinking outside the box, which I think is absolutely crucial, is what I love about drama is the, the way that we work on oh, well, that didn't work. Okay, let's try this. So, you know, when we teach teachers to teach, um, that sounded funny, but you know what I mean. When we do teacher training, (laughs) you know, one of the things that we will teach our um, future teachers is how to differentiate. And yet when I teach drama, I'm teaching young people how to differentiate. So the person in front of you isn't understanding or you're not getting what you need. How do you go in in a different direction? How do you read that person and think, okay, they might understand it better if I do this? You know, these are extraordinary Mm. skills that are for our future leaders. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes, like you said, it's, you know, often drama is seen as an add-on or, you Mm -hmm. know, go go and do that if, you know, you like to have a bit of fun or play or... And I'm certainly not um, undermining the importance of play, and I never would. 
Um, but some people see that that's all that there is to drama. And so actually it's, oh, you know, it's, it will be a bit of fun against the other serious subjects. And it's, <laughs> and we, and we get that quite a lot. And I've heard that so many times from and teachers extraordinary. and students. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, because when you're working with, I, I find it extraordinary. So if I'm, I, I'm really lucky. So I run a theatre and education company as well as what you've mentioned, which is theatre inspiring change. So we tour schools. Um, so I'm in schools with my theatre company, but I also teach drama in different schools. So it's really lovely. I get hired to come in for a year or maybe two years or a term, etc. And if I haven't had the year, if they're choosing their options in year nine, um, and the year nine group that I get are very different to the year nine group I would get the following year. Because once I've had them in year eight, you know, this idea that drama is a soft skill, it's a soft subject, you know, the kids are looking at me going, that ain't soft. Like, (laughs) we come into drama, we work from moment to the end, from the beginning to the end, we're on our feet, we are thinking, we're here, we're there, you know, we don't have down days, Uh, if, if we're, you know, we leave our stuff outside the room as in our you know distractions etc you know teaching to focus teaching that discipline so it, it always makes me laugh because that you know if a parent then sits there and says yeah but you can do drama anywhere you know and it I just don't want you to just do an easy subject you know and I just look oh. at the person they go mom it's not easy <laughs> like Miss Ellis yeah. is not easy but It's on the principle that I think all of us drama teachers work on, which is investment. You know, if you put Mm. a pound in a bank account, you can take out a pound. If you put three grand in, you've got three grand to take out when you want. And that's the principle, I think, of of a performer, which Mm. is you're there, you're doing your absolute best because this is it. The show must go on. We are we are here. We are a hundred percent focused. What can we do? It's empowering. Yeah. It's yeah. the most empowering subject in the world. In the world, <laughs> Wendy. Not that we're dramatic. biased. We're trying not that we're not biased, biased at all. But, you know, I think I think the really important thing is that for me, when I love seeing other teachers come into my drama space because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Oh, like, yes, the, I do. The look, the terrified look on their faces Mm. and I've heard so many people say you know we're talking experienced teachers but non-drama teachers will say oh my gosh it's chaos in here there's Mm. so much there's just so much noise I just I don't know are they working I'm like you just walk around and listen to their conversations and they are working they're putting themselves on the line emotionally intellectually their cognitive skills are working like mad it's you know they're being analytical they're they're being collaborative they're listening like you've already said the the levels of inclusion that they are adopting in their work is phenomenal and I think sometimes it's just about that safety of if you take tables and chairs away people sometimes just don't know what to do in the space and yeah and that's that's a pedagogy question isn't it that's you know we know how to structure that but 
I, I will get a little bit scared by a class full of tables and chairs. Oh, I mean, that's terrifying, <laughs> isn't it? I had, to do, I had to do one about six months ago. Um, the maths department, I'm going to dob them in. The maths department said, um, <laughs> right, well, we need um, to do... Oh, I can't remember what. I can't remember. Anyway, they needed, they needed that room for something. And they, they you know, they got, they got my studio. So they put me in um, this room with desks and chairs. And I'm like looking at it going... Okay, so we did physical theatre, and we oh, looked wow. at. <laughs> so we looked at. I think it was Gecko. We looked at who I love. I absolutely love Gecko. Yeah. And we looked at um, when they do the different movements. You do one movement, second movement, back. One movement, second movement, third movement, back. Yeah. And they were using, you know, like objects out of their bags and stuff like that. And then we had this whole physical theatre piece as they moved from table to table. But one of the other maths teachers who Obviously, it wasn't a quiet room, sort of came in, you know, like you're saying, thinking that there was a revolution going on, ready to shout, which was really funny. She came in like, and then just watched. And the look on her face was extraordinary. She was like, I don't know what you're doing, but that's really cool. And, and, and I, it reminds me of something else that I think is crucially important. And I noticed this when we are in schools with our issue-based plays that we take around with Theatre Inspiring Change and also as a drama teacher, which is the beautiful levelling of human beings. Because mm. actually you as a human being walking through the door can achieve great things regardless of how rich you are, how tall you are, how handsome you are, how clever you are. It's the most awesome levelling, you know, uh, I was going to say levelling tool, that's not the right word, but levelling experience yeah. because that potential's there. And I, when you work hard, that will come out. Now, don't get me wrong, there are obviously people who have got that stage presence who I, I worked with a, a young man once and he, um, we, just, we were doing some improvisation. I mean, improvisation everybody in business should be doing improvisation yeah but this young man um came in to do some improvisation I'd, and he found a broom from somewhere um and he just started sweeping the floor it was the funniest thing I've ever ever seen <laughs> literally people crying now I can't explain why because I'm talking to you on on the radio but you know that that's that talent where he is just in the moment and is hilarious but everybody in drama can achieve if they put the work in. And that's another reason why it's my absolute passion and drive, you know, in life. And I also think those young people who, oh, I've been listening to, this might be a bit random, so bear with me and tell me to shut up if it's not relevant. But I've been, <laughs> I've been listening to Brene Brown because we are writing a new play on sexism and misogyny as part of the government's safer streets um, uh, work that's going on. And so I'm listening to Brené Brown because she does lots of stuff about shame. And I find, I'm finding it really, really interesting because I think the root of a lot of prejudice and discrimination is based around shame, you know, the, being ashamed of who you are. And actually, if everybody had to do ex, you know, good drama, with a good drama teacher from year whatever year dot 
I think we could have started picking out some of that stuff way before. Because if you can start to understand yourself a bit better, this is the stuff that we can deal with while these are young people, so that we're not creating those adults whose emotional intelligence is, you know, frankly lacking. The emotional intelligence that drama builds up in a young person is extraordinary. And that's and that, the way forward. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that certainly for me is really important in terms of, of drama for young people is developing that emotional intelligence yes. and that, that resilience, but also that ability to, to articulate your emotions yes. and, and almost not in a therapy way, because it's not therapy. We're no. not therapists. That's a whole no. different, different yeah. style of performance. Yeah. Um, but that ability to, to work through and understand why you might be feeling the way you are or the yeah. character might be feeling the way they are um, and, and process that, process that a little bit um, in terms of, analysis and understanding and choice and and I think that's mm. that's about humanity as well isn't it that idea yeah 100% that, and walking yeah. in someone else's shoes like how powerful yeah. is that when we look at you know the, the the awful things that are happening to human beings well if we all got to walk in each other's shoes metaphorically obviously not literally <laughs> um you know that creates greater people doesn't it it creates people yeah. who 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 aren't going to immediately say oh that's who you are right i need to fight you it's yeah. about being able to look at someone and 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 yeah like you say analyze their behavior think about their choices that they're making maybe under, understand but also to know when to be assertive in a situation you know and the therapy oh no go, no go on Wendy. you go for and it. it's also about um uh, the dialectics that you can get in a drama space, that ability to to ask questions and pose questions from different yes. perspectives that, you know, are not are not personal, but they yeah. also are relevant to you as a human being. Um, and, and to think from different perspectives. And I think that that is what I think that's what's lacking, actually, in education generally at the moment is that ability to think and critical thinking skills 100%. across the whole curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's all very well, you know, doing a right and a wrong answer. But, you know, and some things are right and wrong, aren't they? Two plus two is four. You know, that, that, that's a fact. But being able to look at something and say, well, that might be the right answer for me, but that might not be the right answer for you. Mm -hmm. So where yeah. do you stand on that? And why would that be different? Because you're a female and I'm a female or I'm a, you, you know, and all of that stuff and being able to sort of take that moment because it's about characters and people, but it's all also about moments, isn't it? Yeah. Which moments of life we can highlight, that we can learn from, that we can grow from. And that's, I, just, <laughs> I was doing some work on, Got a scheme of work on um, Craig and Bentley. You know, the last man who was. Yeah, hung. so have I. Yeah, and it's such a, it's such a good scheme of work, I think, because it. I, I, I'm quite provocative with it sometimes, you know. And I start off a big discussion about should there be the death penalty, you know, mm. and uh, and I don't get in too deep straight away. I'm like, right, 
there's this story. Should there be the death penalty? And quite often they say, yes, they should. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it means this. Yeah, but if you've done this and you've done this and, and everybody gets quite sort of passionate about it, and then we go through and look at Bentley's life and look at who he was and the struggles that he had and, you know, and Craig's life and the struggles that he had. And, yeah. you know, it was a whole... It's a whole fat picture, isn't it? It's not just a, you did wrong, this is what happens. And yeah. then it's about we, that complexity, isn't it? Yeah. Certainly that, that, I call it a narrative, but it's a real historical event. But the narrative mm. that we might use in drama, it's the complexity of humanity, that it isn't always black and white. And actually, mm. you know, getting them to think about um, media, for example, or news and, yes. and social media and getting them to think about, um, how complex those images and those narratives are that they encounter that way and, and to ask the big questions about them. Yeah, and why somebody would have written something in one way and what bias looks like and, mm. you, you know, so that when you come back, when you turn it round and, like, I mean, with the scheme of work, we do a big court scene and then you've kind of got half of them who are fighting, you know, for, for this young man who we know historically then lost his life, you mm. know, was whatever language you want to put on it, but I believe was murdered. Um, and then you've got the other half going, yes, but if they did this to your baby brother, you do, do you know what I mean? And it's mm. that that's so important because they're fighting each other in a strong, structured, passionate, listening, debating. Oh, it's just beautiful. And you just watch these... I, what can I say? I've done the scheme of work in mixed schools, but I've also done it in a boys' school. And these boys who are furious at each other, when they'd mm. kind of walked through the door quite nonchalantly, you know, a bit sort of nonchalant, sort of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and the next minute they're like, you can't say that because <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, and you, it's the most beautiful job in the world because you can mm. stand back and just go, ah, there it is yeah there it is there it is and look at you look at passion oh wendy where would we be without passion oh don't don't i don't know but certainly that when you're talking about the the craig and the bentley stuff i think lots mm. i've seen lots of drama teachers do it and actually i've taught it for almost my entire career as a teacher mm. variations of it because the the power within that yeah. um, injustice, the idea of injustice becomes a massive theme for young people. And, 100%. you know, they watch lots of movies and they, you know, they'll see stuff online about um, executions and some horrific stuff. And then you bring it down to this poor, you know, 19-year-old young man who yeah. was called these horrific things because of his learning difficulties. and. Yeah. And suddenly you've got the whole room going, that's not fair. I can't mm -hmm. believe that. That's disgusting. How was that allowed to happen? You know, like you said, the, they can't quite understand how that all was allowed to happen. Yeah. And it's, and it's a really rich kind of historical event that they get to, to kind of play, play through to make some decisions and, and question choices that were made. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like I always say to them, you know, you are our future leaders. You are the people who are going to be making decisions. And although we can, you know, look at some of the decisions in life that have been made, I, there's definitely some, I'm sure that you would agree, Wendy, that could have been made better. 
you know, uh, and we won't go into that too deeply, but I'm sure pretty much most people will know what I'm talking about. So for me, it's about creating the foundations of a more successful future as well. You know, where we've got authentic leaders, we've got emotionally intelligent um, leaders and workers and, you know, where we've got companies run emotionally intelligently um where our you know our men aren't afraid to uh, open up and to uh, be honest about things and where our women are being given those equal opportunities you know that's got to be the goal in the end you know and i think that you're hitting on some really important things that are kind of like they're the crux of a drama space right there's oh, that 100%. equality and yes. equity so important in the space the voices that you know I know that you work a lot in this way and I certainly always have about you know that inclusion that creating those spaces where you know unheard voices are given an equitable space that maybe they wouldn't be in other places yeah 100% and how to create that because that's what I'm that's why I feel so strongly about you know authentic leaders of the future because once you've learned that you can then continue your life knowing that that works. And it's it's from the simple things, you know, about sitting in a circle. You know, I, I'll always say, I mean, this sounds so tiny. I say, well, why are we sitting in a circle? You know, and there'll be various theories when they first meet me. And then, you know, the, it's the theory of equality. We can all see each other. Mm-hmm. We're all yeah. important in this room. And before... A non, if there are any non-teachers out there, that would seem to patronising. But what I'm trying to say is before anybody kind of jumps on that, well, we're not all equal though, are we? You know, and teachers need to be in charge and this. I can absolutely, when I look at the drama teachers that I've worked with in the past or I'm part of an organisation called Drama Matters, you know, so I meet lots of drama teachers you know, they have discipline down to a T in a way that not every other subject does. Because in order to produce theatre, discipline is absolutely crucial. Yeah. It doesn't need a table. It doesn't need a chair. It doesn't need to control somebody. Don't speak. Do speak. This, that and the other. There is the collaborative inherent understanding that the only way this is going to work is if we work together. So that discipline comes out. Yeah, that that teamwork, that collaboration, 100%. that ensemble, that, you know, there's, there's no winners. We're not trying to fight each other unless yes. it's in the drama. It's, oh, yeah. You know, we, we create it together. We make it together. We watch it together. A hundred percent. And the success, and I, I would paraphrase Brecht but I do it terribly in terms of that that togetherness together we are incredibly powerful as people that that collective that ensemble that he created um certainly in terms of you know the underdog the working class the poorer people and and the more we work together the more powerful we become that's right and 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 that becomes even more important in a society where you know, the underdog is being kept as the underdog, you mm. know, and, and that works. I, I Like, I feel like I'm 112 sometimes, but I'm actually 55. Um, <laughs> and I, I've seen many different kind of situations in my life, really. 
and I, I feel at the moment that there's a real polarization of human beings. Yeah. And it scares me because I feel like we were getting to the point where people were kind of being more collaborative with each other. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on to get us divided. You know, and we've been through some really tricky stuff lately. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think we have been quite manipulated as well, you know, and the divide mm. and rule kind of thing. And everything I do in my work is literally the, the opposite of that. You know, you can't, you, a one-woman play doesn't only have one person involved. You might no. only see one person on the stage, but that woman is, it, the woman doesn't just turn up on the stage, open the door and sit there. You know, that's not how it works. You can't see her for a start. It's in the dark. You won't be able to hear her if, there are no, if there's no microphones. There's an audience. There's a box office. There's a la, 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 you know. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I think let's, let's just take a, a pause for a moment. And when we come back, I want us to think about the, the changes that we're seeing in schools in terms of, of mm. young people and drama and what's happening currently in schools. Mm. So we'll take a pause to just think about that. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. In union news, Daniel Kebede has been elected leader of the National Education Union. The union is the largest teachers union and has been at the forefront of industrial action over teachers' pay in recent months. Mr Kabede said in a statement, after taking 69% of the vote to win the election, I am honoured to have been elected as General Secretary. I would like to thank everyone who has supported and campaigned for me. He went on to talk about the need for fundamental change in education and that this included an end to real terms pay cuts, an end to massive overwork of staff, the end of punitive Ofsteds and an increase in school funding. He also thanked current Joint General Secretaries Kevin Courtney and Dr Mary Bowstead for their inspiring leadership over the last six years. They will step down at the end of August. The BBC reports that, according to a leaked government document, almost a quarter of teachers in England are working 12-hour days, with around 60% of teachers saying they were doing 60 hours a week or more. The research by the Department for Education was carried out during spring 2022, but the findings have not been officially made public. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan has said that a new task force will be created to help reduce teachers' workload by an average of five hours per week. The leak comes as teaching unions consult members in England on a new pay offer, which includes the promise to reduce workload. The leaked document, marked confidential and given the title Working Lives of Teachers and Leaders, was produced by the DFE to examine issues around teacher supply, recruitment and retention. More than 11,000 teachers and leaders across primary and secondary were questioned. 
the report found. One in four teachers were considering leaving the state sector within the next 12 months. Workload was the key factor in this decision. Three quarters said they spent too much time on paperwork. Two thirds of leaders said they spent too much time responding to government policy changes. One in five said they had low satisfaction in their working life, whilst almost a half rated their anxiety levels as high. Almost three quarters of teachers described their workload as unacceptable. Dr Mary Bowstead of the NEU accused ministers of withholding important information from the peer review body, although the government denied this. A spokesperson for the government insisted that the recent pay offer of 4.3% plus a £1,000 one-off payment was fair and reasonable. The Department for Education has released an update on the .gov.uk website focusing on the review of the way relationship, sex and health education is delivered. The update comes after a number of stories across media outlets prompted concern and outrage from some quarters and claims that hysteria is being whipped up by right-wing agitators from others. RSHE education has been compulsory for pupils in primary schools since September 2020. In secondary schools, relationships and sex education must be taught. The review, which will be completed by an expert panel, will focus on how to ensure pupils have access to age-appropriate information and how to place protection from pupils being introduced to things that they are too young to understand properly. The panel will also consider how age ratings can be introduced for different parts of the curriculum. The review will be completed before the end of 2023. As we approach Easter, the debate about supporting families who receive support through free school meals should be supported in holiday times and it's opened up again. The big issue raises concerns that despite the cost of living crisis, many families will go without support until term begins again. In what it calls a postcode lottery for support, many families will miss out as current funding largely depends on where you live. In England, the government is not directly funding free school meals over the Easter break, but support may be available if local councils decide to provide meals or vouchers. Many councils are relying on the holiday activities and food programme to support low-income families. In Scotland, some councils are offering free school meals payments to low-income families, but universal free school meals for children in primary one to five will not be available. There is some support available, but it varies by council, as does the amount of support being offered. The Welsh Government has made free meals available throughout the holiday period. The Government in Wales announced that £9 million has been provided to support eligible pupils with a free meal up to the end of May half term, including all bank holidays. The support will take the form of meal vouchers, money or packed lunches. In Northern Ireland, no free school meal provision is available. The previous holiday hunger payments of £27 per fortnight ceased on April 1st. A Department for Education spokesperson said it was because additional ring-fenced funding had ended. But campaigners focusing on food poverty said the decision was abhorrent. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. So thank you, Sarah. Hello. For continuing to hold with us. <laughs> um, and as we just paused for a moment to think about what's happening in schools in terms of drama, um, <clears throat> just I'm just going to give you some figures which have just come out about GCSE drama entries for England, these figures are. Mm -hmm. um, in 2010, 
there were 81,592 young people entered for GCSE drama. In 2020, so 10 years later, we've got 57,881. In 2021, we drop again to 56,739. And last year's entries were 53,185. So effectively, a decline of 35% since 2010 in terms of what's going on in schools, in GCSE drama entries, the, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, the, the reduction in the offer for GCSE drama and, you know, that affects Key Stage 3 drama as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and because of the EBAC and the massive changes and, and the pressures that are happening in schools. So um, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen in schools in terms of what's going on for drama recently? Yeah, I can. And I feel really strongly about it. I see, I see that there are young people. Right, so those figures I would stake my life on are not representative of the young people who want to take drama um, at GCSE. Yeah. It, it just isn't. Um, I, of course, know that there are some people who are like, oh, my days, I do not want to take drama. That's, that would be the end of the world for me. And that's cool. Like that, it, you know, that's the same in all subjects, right? But those numbers don't reflect. What they reflect is this continual, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, rubbishing of the subject, I think. You know, maybe that's too harsh. Maybe it's not rubbishing of the subject. It's more about, yeah, yeah, well, that's really good. But, you know, to get a job, what you need is this, what you need is this. So mm. when less people are taking the subject, then there are less drama teachers or teachers doing less drama. So yeah. you either have a part-time teacher or that's when you get a teacher from another subject coming in to do drama. And I, I don't want to be horrible to anybody who's a teacher because there are amazing teachers out there. But I have to say, I don't believe I would be given the role of a maths teacher, okay? And if I did, it would be a disaster, frankly. <laughs> So the concept, with all due respect, that a teacher who ha is not a drama expert can come and deliver expert drama challenges me. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There are probably some fabulous, maybe English teachers out there who have done drama. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying literally yeah. look at someone's CV. But I think there needs to be a much clearer understanding of what a drama teacher does, what the role is, what it means, and what it means to those young people, and how they access the rest of the curriculum through drama. So let's yeah. be really clear, you know, the cross-curricular aspect of drama is huge, absolutely yeah. huge. You know, we're, we're feeding into history, we're feeding into well, geography, we're feeding into science, you know, yeah. we're feeding into so much other stuff. I don't think that is understood enough. I really don't. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think the things that we have to look at in our subject and, and you know, we've already talked about the Craig and Bentley situation, but... Mm. 
you know, as soon as we talk about any other issue or topic, we're relating it to, I've seen some amazing work in schools looking at um, World War One and World War yeah, Two, and um, war stories and women in World War One. I've seen some fantastic stuff happen in schools about that. Yeah. And, and through that is being woven history, literature, yeah. geography, mm-hmm. you know, um, a mass of the humanities through drama pedagogy through this work that we're talking about in terms of collaboration and creation and and making work together and giving them giving them power giving them agency over that work that they create in the space which I think they don't get a chance to do in lots of other subjects because to be fair the pressure on the curriculum is so intense teachers don't have that time Um, and neither do we to be honest in drama now there's most schools have they might get two hours one week three hours the next week and students may not have had any key stage three input at year seven or half across that in schools yeah or or they do a like mixture they do a kind of round thing where you do drama in the first term and then you do music in the second term and you you know and I, I I think it is absolutely awful I, I don't understand. I do understand because schools are running with, I mean, you mentioned Mr. Gove earlier. Um, you know, schools, head, heads of schools are running with what Ofsted says they have to do, what the curriculum says they have to do, what the government says they have to do. So I understand the pain. I really, really do. Yeah. But I just, I, I challenge those heads to go into good drama lessons and see you know I was working at a a school in in South London and it was a very um it was a very challenging school there were lots of challenges there and the young people were going in some very challenging situations you know and there was this kind of sense of well I'm not doing anything because I need to keep my image up you know yeah and that you know, that was real. That was absolutely real. And me coming in and saying, right, take your shoes off, nearly caused a revolution. I mean, not a revolution, <laughs> nearly caused, I mean, it was, uh, yeah. But you know what? I witnessed, because I'm fairly sort of uh, uh, stubborn, I guess. I carried on. And honestly, they were all looking at me like they wanted to kill me. But I carried on. I carried on. You know, resilience. What do we do? You know, theatre theater is nothing without resilience. Drama is nothing without resilience. You know, if there's one thing that we are, and it isn't just one thing, but, you know, resilience, which was a word that everybody in school was having to work on. We've been doing that for years. Anyway, yes. back, to, back to this school, you know. And there was one young woman who sat, who sat in the corner because I put, I guess that, there was a little bit of wobbliness. So what I'd done is I put chairs around the edge because I was in this room that had a load of chairs in it and I couldn't put them outside because of health and safety. So I put them around the edge and she sat in the corner, you know, in her chair around the edge and she said, uh, uh, she can't make all of us take our shoes off. If all of us refuse, what's she going to do? I kind of went, okay, I see you. Um, (laughs) Anyway, fast forward, you know, it wasn't easy. Fast forward, the shoes came off and I know if you're a non-drama person that doesn't necessarily make sense but it's a great leveler again all of our shoes are off but also we're going to be rolling around the floor sitting down standing up people don't get hurt you know you don't end up 
sitting in dog poo. I mean, there is a sort of that, that practicality, but also <laughs> being able to take on a different character and feel the floor and all that organic stuff and being able to bring in physical theatre without, you know, feeling like they can't move properly. Anyway, fast forward about a term later and this young woman comes up to me and she goes, you're all right. And I went, oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, she went, this school play you're putting on? I went, yeah. She went, well, I might come along to rehearsals. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to come along to rehearsals. I went, all right, all right, darling, that's fine. Yeah, you just come along. Do you know what? We did a, um, a modern adaptation of Peter Pan, and this young woman got the part of Wendy, oh. and I watched her climb a mountain so huge she couldn't even see the mountain at the <laughs> beginning and you know what I watched her grow as a human being I then you know there were teachers that came to it and they went uh you've got I won't say her name you've got her as Wendy dear god you know they came yeah. to see the show and afterwards saying I, I actually can't believe what I've just witnessed. That young woman, I can't keep her in my class. She is out of the door between three and seven minutes. I, she's never lasted the whole, she was obnoxious, rude, you know, all of this. She was playing up everybody everywhere. Yet in my rehearsals, she's turning around to some of the others and going, oh, can we concentrate? We've got a lot to do. <laughs> but you know this is about opening doors isn't it so if if this is the magic that is happening why can't why, why can't whoever is making these decisions come in and see come in and watch and go oh that kid over there never does anything that person oh, yeah. over there I, I've never heard their voice now listen to them you know yeah. That guy over there hasn't stayed in the lesson for longer than three minutes. Look at them all working together and actually make it, you know, it is a fundamental subject. You're seven, eight, nine. I mean, I'm going to push it. I know it'll never happen, but I think there should be one drama lesson a week for year 10s and 11s, even if they don't do it for GCSE. Mm. So some of my drama teaching is about working with um, young people who aren't accessing the curriculum for whatever reason. Um, you know, the really challenging young people who are like, well, well. And I deliver um, empowerment skills, you know, and communication skills and how to be the best you, et cetera, et cetera, um, instead of them doing GCSEs because that's going to set them up to be able to get a job. Yeah. You know, and actually some of this weird stuff, they really access it. Yeah. I think as well it, it really, it just takes me back to that Sir Ken Robinson video that I always oh, yeah. show my my training teachers at the beginning of the year yeah. about creativity, about the young girl that, you know, was a problem, got sent to a psychiatrist and, yeah. and, and it just turns out that actually she was a dancer yeah. but couldn't cope in schools because sitting behind desks oh, wasn't goodness. the way that she learned, wasn't the way that she flourished. And as soon as they discovered, actually, she's a dancer, everything else sort of fell into place. I mean, Ken Robinson tells it in a much better way than I do. <laughs> no, but you're right. No, you're right. You know, and that young woman is, you know, back to shame and back to failure. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was a, inverted commas, you know, she was a failure. The whole world yeah. was telling her she was a failure. And actually, 
you know, when <laughs> when she was given the opportunity to express herself, oh, there it is. And I'm and then sorry, we have the director of the Royal Ballet, I think. Well, there you go. Like an international choreographer because she found her place. Yeah. And who kept us going through the pandemic? I'm sorry. Well. Our accountants didn't. You know, our estate agents didn't. You know, great jobs. You know, fantastic. But wow. it was the artists. It was us that people went, this is the most horrendous situation. But yeah. what we can access is entertainment or you know uh, plays or so you know plays on or netflix blah, 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 music all of that yeah. stuff and while we're talking about performing arts you know maths two plus two is four maths a very important skill 100 percent. but actually when we're doing physical theater or when we're doing dance it's very mathematic it's very mathematic yeah you know it's very well actually so even maths teachers drama is feeding across to your subject as well we're back we're underpinning your subject as well so when yeah. we're talking about core subjects what an interesting conversation what are core subjects maths english science uh what else is the core subject uh the stem subjects also has engineering uh, right but English is in there too. I always get confused with all the what the acronyms mean as an yeah. education person. Yeah, There's so no, many. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think they were designed to confuse personally, but well, you know, yeah. we underpin all of those. And I, I was listening to the news, obviously, in the middle, and um, they were talking about the RSHE, RPSHE. It's called different things, isn't it? And different. Yeah. The, sex, the, the relationship and sex education, the new stuff yeah. that's come out more recently, yeah. You know, and these are important conversations. Whether people like it or not, we are human beings. And as human beings, we want to connect. We want to be part of something. There are very few human beings who want to be in a little box by themselves. Albeit there might be some, but there aren't many. We are beings that want to be together, that want to connect. So whether the adults in the world want to admit it or not, our young people want to have relationships. Yeah. But those relationships are also with the adults around them from the point of view of the power struggles or who's in control, a teacher, how do they talk to their parents or their carers, how do they talk to their siblings? These are all relationships, right? Yeah. So yeah. why are we getting into this big scrambled egg of a or scrambled woolly knitting ball of nonsense? around my child doesn't need to understand what a relationship is. If you talk about someone being gay, they're going to become gay. Don't be stupid. I'm so, I mean, I'm, and obviously when I teach, I'm a lot more delicate. Do, <laughs> I'm not being funny. You know, it's nine o'clock at night. Let's get real. You know, don't be stupid because actually, the, I think as in the report, said i think there's a lot of whipping up of nonsense yeah in order for us to continue to show a kitten video a kitten giving birth no what is it a cat giving birth to a kitten and then talking about straight relationships when they're 16 you know and having sex to have a baby and that's it and we have got to understand that this is detrimental to our young people so when yeah. 
when our young person comes to school who's got two mums or two dads, well, actually, our responsibility as an educate as education as educational people. What's the word? As educators. Educators. That's Goodness it. me, I lost that one. <laughs> our responsibility as educators is to ensure that that young person doesn't feel the shame that I keep bringing up. You know, yeah. all of that stuff that actually their relationship is just as valid as somebody else's relationship. That's what we should be talking about in year five and six. Mm -hmm. So yes, we should. And actually, you might fancy somebody one day. And actually, some people <laughs> fancy men, some people fancy women, some people are non-binary. You know, these are things that we can understand. I and there are things that we can we can discuss as part of drama, things that are being 100%. played out in the drama class mm, from the, 100%. that idea of, you know, and we talk a lot now about intersectionality, that yes. idea of, you know, you belong, belong to lots of different groups that might be oppressed or unheard groups. And yeah. so you might be uh, from a global majority background mm. and gay, you know, yeah. that you, you sit within more than one group. And, and I've, and I've always found in my drama spaces that generally if you have some of those discussions through the work or you expose them to texts which explore some of those complexities in relationships, yeah. what we're doing is we're already teaching a lot of the RSHE curriculum to them yeah. indirectly, but we are actually exploring relationships that we're seeing in a contemporary society. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the issues, you know, one of the biggest issues around relationships is consent. Yes. Well, we need to be busting through that stuff in junior school. What is consent? What does it look like? How can we, how, how can we understand from somebody that they're not comfortable with something? Do we have to have them say, I am not comfortable, step away? You know, <laughs> no, we can read body language, we can look at facial expressions. So, you know, when we're teaching drama, those are all the key things that are up on my wall. You know, what a facial expression, what can that tell us? You know, 90% of the messages that you give out are through, is through your body. So let's look at that. Well, let's sit like this. What does that tell you? Oh, actually, I think that tells you that somebody's really fed up with you. Interesting. And what that mm. enables people to do or our young people to then go, okay, I'm in a conflict situation. Maybe the way I'm standing or where I'm standing in the vicinity of the other person or the way I'm sitting might be contributing to that. Hey, guess what? I've got a choice because I learned this in drama. Let me be less confrontational or I'm in a situation with somebody else being confrontational. I need to level up. Oh, we talked about status in drama. Well, what is status? What does that mean? Can I, can I become a higher status to get myself in this situation, get myself out of this situation? You know, this is complex stuff yeah. that I've worked in so many different kind of arenas and been at so many different meetings and, you know, we were, we work with the, the theatre company. We work with organisations and with businesses. We're, we're working with the probation service at the moment. You know, and and actually, this stuff is so useful there because they weren't necessarily taught that at school. Yeah, you know, our adults weren't necessarily taught some of the stuff that patterns of of behaviour. I was at an award ceremony and I had my drama group because they were the entertainment, as you know, you know, quite often the drama, <laughs> the, the, the drama teachers, oh, can you just come and do a little bit of that 
thing you do, get the kids to do, you know, just make something up, which, you know, all drama teachers will literally be kind of like rolling their eyes at this point. Yep. I just you did, know. by the way, while you said yeah. that. I rolled my <laughs> eyes. I went, yeah, the yeah. amount of times I've had that. Oh, can you just put on a play for us? Just yeah, put on sure. a play. When is yeah. it? Tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, sure. Easy. Right. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> but we do and 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 there was one of uh, my students next to me and she was she was so funny she went miss yeah I said yeah she went have you noticed that one person went in that direction and now everybody else is doing the same thing and I looked at her and I thought she was a year eight student and she'd already worked out that there had been this permission to move in a certain way. So everybody followed it. But as a drama student, she'd gone, yeah, but that's a choice, isn't it? Because actually what she was saying, she said, if that was me, I'd go the other way because it's shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so she's already on spatial awareness, the relationships yeah. between people. How do we show the relationships between people? You know, how, how do, how, where do I stand in order to communicate something in relation to somebody else, you know, or, yeah. or an object or, you know, and I'm looking at this year eight student just going, mate you're on it yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah you know you are out it's you're that our future. spatial awareness that oh my days, you know yeah. thinking about what space means and power yeah. in the space and you know and we're talking about transferable skills and yes. why if you know everybody should be doing this if you're thinking about businesses and entrepreneurs and yeah. and people that have to communicate with others in the real mm. world like many of us do those skills that are undermined and called soft skills and that you've just alluded to that idea of we understand and can relate to the space that we're yeah. in is huge we know Absolutely. how to talk to people in different contexts how do I talk to um, someone incredibly powerful if I met someone from the royal family just to, to pick something out of the air how mm. might I talk to them Mm. You know, what What are the contexts in terms of speech and tone? And, you know, how do we build appropriate relationships with people? And that's that's for all of us. Oh, yeah, and 100%. That's and it's... what makes people successful in the world of work and business and relationships. And, and it's not easy to do if you haven't almost practiced it, played it out. Yeah, and, 100% and, and understood it. it. Yeah. And that's the point, isn't it? It's about teaching choice. So for me, with drama teaching or directing young people or taking my, you know, theatre and education company out on the road and looking at homophobia and racism and sexism, you know, and transphobia, it's, it's the same thing. It's about the gift of choice. Yeah. So what can I do in this situation? I have a choice. And back to consent. Actually... Most of the time, you have a choice. You might not feel like you've got a choice, but you have. You know, we, we've we got to play out at the moment about domestic abuse. Um, and I will always do, you know, when I'm a drama teacher, I will always look at unhealthy relationships, you know, with maybe year 10 or, you know, year 9 even, and look at, 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 at getting away from this idea that a red mist or an alien comes over somebody, you know, and suddenly they turn into this violent human being to the person that they're seeing, going out with, married to, whatever, you know, well, actually, that's just a get out. That's not, you know, that person 
who chooses to be and let's be let's be clear that is a choice because that person didn't normally punch the barmaid or the barman they probably didn't punch the bus driver or the taxi driver to get home they didn't punch the neighbor who said oh have you had a nice night they chose to punch the person they were in a relationship with mm. so by by bringing in through drama through theater this concept of choice you're looking at a whole generation or generations of people who are going i have a choice yeah i have a choice as to how i deal with it i may not like what's happening or i may not agree with what's happening but what's my choice in this situation what is going to get me what i want but also i understand i want to punch this person in the face cool i get it you know let's be honest as human beings, sometimes we want to punch people in the face. But there's a choice, right? We know yeah. the choice. We understand what the repercussions are. So, yeah, I could punch them in the face. Repercussions could be they punch me back. They've got a weapon on them. I get arrested. My DBS check suddenly isn't so clear. You know, blood, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That's what we teach. Or I can do four other things, get myself. Yeah. And when we're talking about misogyny and sexism, Again, this is about empowering our women and our young women to know their worth and to understand that there has been an unequal deal and yeah. we need to put that right and we need to be heard and we need to stop seeing things through the male gaze or through the male experience. But you know what? What is so super important as well is we need to be working with our men and our young men and yes. saying, do you know what? We're set, society has set you up just as much. Yeah. This whole idea that you've got to be in charge, you've got to be in control, that vulnerability is your enemy, that that shows weakness. If you're emotional, that shows weakness. That may work for a, what, half a percent of the population who just want to be in the big echelons of power. Well, actually, I don't even know if it works for them. <laughs> so these, and I was working with a group of year nines a couple of weeks ago, just for um, Easter holidays. And I had my colleague working with me and, and he was talking to the boys. I was talking to the girls. We were very gender specific about it. And the reason being that we know sometimes the boys don't give the real reactions and the girls don't give the real reactions when there's somebody of a different gender, an adult of a different yeah. gender there. So we were talking with the girls and then we came back together to talk all together. And um, uh, my colleague John said, oh, how'd you get on? And, you know, everyone's listening. I said, it was good. We'd just been talking about feminism. And I said to the boys, I said, uh, I said, can anyone tell me what feminism is? And this boy said, feminism is when you believe in equal opportunities for men and women. I was like, awesome, like beautifully put. Yeah. And I said, brilliant. I said, so you're a feminist, are you? And he went, absolutely not. And the whole mm. 15 boys uh, stood up, clapped their hands and whooped and cheered. Whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, well said, well said. Wow. And I turned around to the girls and I just looked at them because actually this is what we're writing our play from, these, these discussions. And they were just like, yep, yeah, there it is. That's why we don't call ourselves feminists either. It's a dirty word. How has that been allowed Ooh. to happen? So I mean, yeah, 
I think uh, we try not to go off topic a bit, but there's been quite a lot of safeguarding issues in schools at the moment that I'm hearing about misogyny that schools are really struggling to deal with. And I think because of Andrew Tate. Yep, I was name. just about to say that and you got there before me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, know where it's come know. from, right? In terms yeah. of the media and and I think a place to to play out some of these questions and it's it's a challenging place. It's a challenging yeah. place for the people in the room. I found it challenging as a teacher and certainly as a female teacher. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm five foot tall. I'm really small. So mm. I'd often feel, you know, it's quite difficult to... Yeah to have those assertive voices to talk about, you know, and, and challenge some of the the ideas that come mm. about, about women and the language that is used too. And I think, yeah. you know, in the drama space, there's, there's a place for us to challenge those. There's a place for us yeah. to specifically choose texts that yeah. will, will play with some of those ideas to to bring up some of those questions and and hit them head on without sometimes it coming from us mm-hmm. and it's and that's Back what off. our drama space is absolutely you know absolutely and it, it's it's tough but I think that's what we can do in our space and it, it takes confidence I couldn't do that when I first started teaching as a drama teacher yeah it took me a little while to to be in the right school, to be in the right space, to have mm. the confidence, to have, to be much better at my pedagogy and my behaviour management and dealing with safeguarding. It took yeah. a while, but then I could start to implement some of those things that were were sitting in discomfort. That's what you know. That's how I like to phrase it. You're sitting yeah. in the uncomfortable space that you can you can explore, you can have conversations, you can make work, you can frame it in the work and then step out of the work and have your individual conversations. Mm, 100% and be safe because that's the key. That is the key to all of the work we do around drama, theatre, is creating a safe atmosphere. Yeah. And, and you, you know, when you were talking about having the confidence to be that drama practitioner, to be that drama teacher, I think one of the most powerful things... I think that anybody can do, but I know as a drama teacher is, is to be teaching, you know, when you're teaching improvisation and you go with something and then it doesn't work out. Yeah. And you've created this beautiful world in this room or the studio, or wherever you are, corridor sometimes, where if it doesn't work out, it's like, oh, that didn't work. Brilliant. Let's try something else. You know, yeah. I, I alluded to that, you know, that, that differentiation earlier, which is an amazing skill for adults to have. But our young people, rather than, oh, my God, it didn't work. Oh, no, I'm wrong. It's like, oh, well, that didn't work. Right. Let's do this. Blah, 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 blah. And it's funny and it's enjoyable yeah. and it's powerful. So then as a teacher, you can then have that confidence to be able to say, uh, what did you just say? Or, you know, yeah. or to be able to say outrageous things that you don't mean, but you know is going to get a rise. Yeah. And you've then got young people who are going, you can't say that. Okay, well, why can't I say that? I just did say it. Well, because then that's really racist. And blah, blah, blah. Why is it racist? Because blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly you're going, there it is. You understand yeah. what racism is. And now you can think about your own behavioural choices within that. But also let's have a talk about 
understanding different people's perspectives and understanding fear, phobia, homophobia, you know, it's fear, isn't it? Well, yeah. in a place where you can run around like a looney tune and stand on your head and put a bit of material around your left leg and now you're a pirate, you know, <laughs> you can have these conversations because guess what? What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Somebody and, disagrees. And that's the space that we have. We have a, a space where you can fail. Yes. And I heard someone say fail upwards and I thought, I like that. Oh, because I love that. I love it, failing upwards. I yeah. don't know where that comes from. It's not my phrase, but I'm going to take it for now. <laughs> it's, it's mine. It's, it's mine. It's that whole idea that we've got a drama space where, you know, there's not always that right and wrong. There's some no. things that are right and some things that are wrong. But for the most part, there's a massive space in between where yeah. there's exploration and discovery. And actually, to to get something wrong, it might be more about um, a technique that they haven't used, you know, mm -hmm. as effectively as they could, for example, yeah. or a line that needs rephrasing or some spaces and proxemics. And it's it's it could be that. But it's that ability to fail and what we learn from failure and that space where you go, you can fail in here and it's all right. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And actually, yeah. sometimes when you do fail, the most extraordinary thing comes out yeah. of it. it you does. know, when we look at, you know, when we look at physical theatre and we're doing all of this stuff and then you do something, then you go, oh, my God, that was beautiful. Yeah. Well, I don't know why it, I did it. It doesn't yeah. matter. That That's wasn't beautiful. what I meant to do, but no. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And why do you like it? And what does that... Yeah, I mean, I worry. I really, really worry that we're losing... That we are going to lose drama in schools. I think that... I think it's a very real risk. And yeah. possibly a real risk that some people don't realise. But... But from someone that's, I've always got my eye on the TES. I'm just looking at what's happening out there for drama teacher jobs and, you know, often passing them on to um, my trainees. Mm. And one thing I've noticed, and I know that other teachers will have noticed this for their subjects too, is there's quite an increase in drama teacher jobs. Like, okay. like I haven't seen in quite some time. And I'm, I can't. I'd quite like to know, is it because, you know, we're having a problem with teacher recruitment or yeah. is it because there's a shift? I feel somewhere, I don't know what the shift is, but something is shifting. Okay. Um, and, and I've been surprised by how many drama teacher jobs are out there. So okay, that's good I to don't hear. know. I, I, I was pleased to see it, but I don't know what it means. But if it goes in the right direction, I think that's positive. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but in terms of thinking about, you know, our key question, why do we need drama in schools? We've we've been kind of sort of getting there, haven't we, with all of the things that we've talked about, what drama yeah. does for young people, yeah. the richness, the the ability for them to to think about themselves as, as developing young adults to explore yeah. relationships to explore creativity to to explore language development and I think yeah. we haven't we haven't really touched on that but it's a space to explore words and language and the power of language mm. and the, and the power that words have um it's it's just a like the multiplicity of things that the drama space can hold for our young people is incredible Absolutely. I've just been reading this um 
report as we're coming towards the end that this was really nice it's a a new massive research study that's just been done it's called mm. the arts in schools foundations for the future by the kalust golbenkian foundation um okay. and it's it's a fantastic piece of research that they did over covid and um, got lots of over 300 people around um, round tables to discuss the arts and part of this um this research has come up with this just great description of what the arts are for school and you could say arts you could say drama either of them it works so mm. just tell you a little bit of what it says because I really loved it the arts are an essential tool in building a humane society Love that. they are a building block for social cohesion they are important for understanding our collective histories and for promoting inclusion and enabling agency within a diverse society. They underpin our cultures and the economy and are important for personal development, health and well-being. They provide memorable experiences and a creative outlet which enables children to explore and express their emotions and their identities and can help in supporting children who are struggling with their well-being. They can enable young people to collaborate and flourish as individuals in their schools, communities and the wider world, as well as in their future careers. And then there's lots of words like um, teamwork, experimentation, self-confidence, imagination, innovation, problem solving, independence. I mean, the list just goes on. It's endless, and it's, isn't it? Yeah. It was just one of like the most refreshing paragraphs I think I've oh, read in a long time where that. I went I love that but it starts with the arts are an essential tool in building a humane society I was like 100%. yes yes I did a little cheer to myself when I read that and thought yes and it's in research it's been researched so it's you know I love that and to all the drama teachers out there you know keep doing what you're doing keep fighting because you know, if I'm, I'm encouraged by what you're saying, Wendy, I really am encouraged. Yeah. And I think I, I know that there are drama teachers who sometimes they're one people, they're a one person department, and it can be quite lonely. You know, but keep fighting. You, every single drama teacher out there, every single performing arts teacher out there, you know fundamentally that you are making a difference you yeah. get to see those young people grow two three inches literally stand taller from the work that you do with them you hear their voices you hear it change you hear their the, the way they communicate change and if at any point when you're in that kind of funk space I didn't say a rude <laughs> word by the way uh, funk, you know when everything goes into a funk and you just yeah. think what am I doing what is the point please please hold on to what you just said there Wendy and just know that there are lots of us out there who are cheering you on who are your your cheerleaders yeah. and keep hold of those young people who well you know who go I mean, I had a parent say to me the other day, I cannot believe it. He is so, he's just, he's been bullied. He's so quiet. Mm. I can't shut him up now. Like <laughs> his confidence is off the scale, you know, and, and she burst into tears and she said, I, I can't thank you enough. Yeah. We Those have to remember are, that. 
are you know. so special, aren't they? And I think if yes. I think back to my own schooling, which was <clears throat> a little while ago when I did drama. <laughs> Ten I years ago, darling. <laughs> Ten years know, ago. Like yesterday. But, uh, <laughs> my drama teacher was a formative person in my growing up because I come from a working class, really difficult background. And, yeah. and I... And I couldn't get the maths and I couldn't get a bunch of the other subjects. And I was always found in the drama studio with the drama teacher playing yeah. out something somewhere. And and I remember if it wasn't for him helping me and saying to me, get back in your maths room. And I'd be like, oh, do I have? Get back yes. in. And he would like almost escort me by the scruff of the neck, <laughs> take me back to maths. And I'd be like, ah. And, and if it wasn't for him, like reinforcing yeah. all of those things for me and, and building my my love of that space and working with people like that I know that I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you yeah, be an educator 100%. I wouldn't be you know at the theater regularly I wouldn't be working with young people it's just you know it's it's not just about your lifelong learning and your love of the arts it's also about an economy that runs massively on the arts. Oh, hundred percent! Like, why, why are, why are we having to, uh, you know, fight for our place when, like I say, during COVID, you know, what were people accessing? And I, and back to that resilience. I'm. I, there is a rather famous uh, person who um, was uh, is married to somebody, and his wife wasn't very well. And uh, yeah, I think it was to do with the Olympics, one of the, the big things that happened. And he turned up and he performed. And um, there was a lot of criticism in the press. He shouldn't have done that. He should have been with his wife. And I, and I remember reading Jason Manford, the comedian, and he did this long, long paragraph just saying, you don't understand. As a performer, his wife would have known that no matter what she was going through, that he had that gig booked in and that was going to happen. And actually, what you don't understand is that she would have, you know, they're in a healthy relationship. She would have wanted him to do that because yeah. actually the, the discipline around this rather corny phrase of the show must go on, the discipline and the resilience around that, which is, do you know what? It's tough. Do you know what? It might be hard. Maybe you don't want to do this. Maybe you don't want to practice it for another 35 times. Well, tough, because this is how we get better. Here we go. You put a pound in the bank, you get a pound back. Here's your three grand going into the bank. Rehearse it again. You know, and I make jokes in my rehearsals. You know, if one of them, you know, somebody, we have a new person in and I go, oh, are you tired? And the rest of them go, nope, nope, nope. We're not tired. Nope, no, no, no. Nobody's tired. Because, you know, there's a big joke around. Right, brilliant. We're tired. Right, let's go. Ten press-ups. Let's run around the building. Right, let's do. <laughs> because actually, life doesn't go away. Life carries on. And as a performer, the reason for telling that story, because I think it's really important, as a performer, we are teaching our young people and our young adults to get up, put your best foot forward, and do it because that's what life is about. We're only on here in this earth for a certain amount of time, so let's get out there and get on with it. That yeah. is like your drama teacher, that, like he taught you, you know. That's what we need to be teaching people, and it's those young people who are going to be our future leaders. And dear God, could they do a slightly better job 
at risk of sounding political. Yes. Well, you know, before we go into that, which I think might be another show at another time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always available for that one, darling. It's always a bit 90 minutes is more needed for that, isn't there? Really? <laughs> yeah, 100% um, though, seriously. We're yeah. just coming to a close. I want to say thank you so much, Sarah, for joining oh, us thank tonight. You, That's Wendy. just been incredible just hearing your experiences and you know, I know you're a cheerleader for the drama and the arts in schools and, and why it's Always. so important on the, on the small stage and the big stage yeah. and all the stages. And, and I know that you, you kind of, you get it and you see the impact that this has on young people. And so thank you very much for joining us on your Sunday night and sharing your your fantastic experiences with us. and Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. And thank you for bringing these conversations up because, you know, there's a lot of stress in the education system. And without yeah. our teachers, we would be stuffed. So let's support and respect, you know, before we lose the good ones. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, yeah. We've, we've got your back. And, you know, there's a lot of people knowing the amazing job that you're all doing, the difference that you're making. But thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And have a lovely rest of your Sunday evening. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thank you for joining us all this evening on Teachers Talk Radio to talk about the importance of drama in schools and why we need drama in schools. And, and for joining me, Wendy Frost, on your Sunday evening before the next morning at school. Thank you and good night. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.